AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Crazy To live face to face each day And baby We need to spread it out So love don't die Save me some interest for later Don't spend it all on me now And save all your questions for Tinder And that's the reason it sparks I'll save you some interest later We'll spend it all on you now I'm crazy To live face to face each day And baby We need to spread it out So love don't die Well, well, welcome back, everyone, to the Bar Talk podcast. How you going, guys? Uh, of course, I hope you did enjoy that little tipple of a music song that was. Actually, you might remember that song if those of you who are very keen-eyed and have been listening and keeping up to date with everything. Uh, you may imagine, may imagine, I think it was like twenty episodes ago. 
uh, in the early part when we revamped, really when we didn't know what we were doing. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I lie. We still don't know what we're doing. I don't think we're ever going to know what we're doing. So, uh, you know, just take that as you as your will. But the point is, you may recognise that song. And if you did, it's a, for good reason. We've actually played that song before. Um, as I said, 20 episodes ago. As for what it's called, I'm glad you asked, folks. It was Crazy by the August River Band um, from their brand new album, Thank You, Pain. And I'm so thankful today because- And I'm not feeling any pain whatsoever. So, I mean, there you go. But I'm super thankful because I've got from the band themselves, Gerard. Gerard. How are you going, mate? Hey, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. And uh, welcome to the uh, the Bar Talk Truman Show with um, Jim Jim Daniel and uh, Gerard in the moon. Uh, how's it going? Mate, it's going very well. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, what's the name of the guy? Oh, it's Christoph. I was going to say that's the guy in the moon, isn't it? With the, it's like the big, like that's it's it. like the fake moon. Um, it. Yes, it's a uh, flat earther's wet dream. The the big dome, I. <laughs> I um, that is that might be crazy. That, that <laughs> <laughs> could you get that in the big job? Ooh, that joke was on point. Um, oh, hang on, there's no part that that joke was. Uh, oh no, I can't even say that joke felt flat because it didn't. It was a very real joke, unlike the the moon in the Truman Show. Um, Jared, welcome, welcome to the show. Mate, thanks for having me. I feel Us. like, yeah, <laughs> I feel like, as, as always, the start of these interviews always ends up being a train wreck, unlike your recent album, uh, which, first of all, congratulations on you and the and the other two in your trio. Uh, Thank you. For putting out an excellent, excellent album. I've been eyeing, I've been eyeing it off, actually, since we played it, because it's been a while since you've been releasing these singles. And uh, I thought, oh, we've got to keep an eye out for what they're doing and see what see if we can get them on the show. Makes Thank a mental you, mate. note back in back in May or whenever it was, but uh, exactly. I, I was going to say you missed the mark on the album a bit. August River Band is it like what October the the um you know complimentary <laughs> August? Correct. Well, well, mate, beggars can't be choosers, <laughs> and it's been a difficult year for for all in Sunbury. And so our initial plans, which were twelve months old in forecasting, was that we were going to release the album in August. It made sense. Um, you know, kind of, it just made sense, but because of, <laughs> because of, uh, all those things, um, we won't say the word, um, because of COVID, et cetera, we, we really struggled obviously and had to remap the way our direction. So it was it, October it was, and we, we, we just, we just had our album release, uh, a couple of weeks ago, October second, and uh, it was a wonderful mm. night at the Tivoli, and it was awesome. Yes, let's let's talk about that. Uh, we were going to we were mentioning it before the interview too that you you paid you was it yeah was it sold out was it a sold out show or was that the previous well, one it, you did? No, it was just the previous one. It wasn't sold out, but we got close. With, again, you know, there was a fair bit of adversity, and, and you know, it was a long weekend here in Brisbane and. Uh, we had uh, obviously COVID. People were concerned, uh, you know, when the tickets went on sale, and um, 
also it was the end of school holidays. So there was a bit of adversity, but we ended up um, getting about 2.30 uh, or thereabouts. Um, so that was a great – 300 capacity. So That's, we were really happy with that. I was going to say, normally, yeah, normally it wouldn't be, be such an, an achievement, but really in these times it is, it is a really good achievement. I was going <laughs> to say, people worried about COVID. Just like, you know, these days instead of, you know, how you get on the, the tables there at, at pubs or whatever or the restaurant, Correct. you get like your, your thing of salt, your pepper, you usually got like your napkins. <laughs> Next to it, you've got a can, can of Glen 20 uh, to spray down the table. Yeah, it's like, exactly. you come too close, sir. Disinfect. Yeah. Uh, no, mate, we, we, we were very fortunate to get the numbers that we did and, and we were very appreciative of it. I mean, you know, it wasn't an easy thing to do and we certainly, uh, you know, were, were full of gratitude because um, they were really strong numbers considering. I was going to say, speaking of the venue, because the Tivoli, I've never been to Brizzy and it is on my bucket list. Don't worry. I haven't been avoiding it. just haven't had the chance to come up there. So, uh, please it's forgive beautiful. me. Uh, so, I've heard and you guys have got a great music scene up there. Let's say it's a bit beating Melbourne's at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but, For good reasons, but yes. <laughs> but, but the Tivoli is one of those venues that you know about even if you haven't been there. It, it made, it's an iconic venue. You know, it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's old. It's got a real romance about it. And it, it's the sound's amazing. Um, they had like a cabaret-style seating set up. So we had sort of tables and chairs. We had some seating. Uh, we were allowed to stand up at the time. And also there's a tier above. Mm. So, you know, we Ooh. had enough numbers to fill all of that up. And it, it, it was just beautiful. It was, it was gorgeous. Well, I was going to say, because you mentioned uh, that there was a bit of an upside to you know circumstances mm-hmm. happening that you yep. that you may have got upgraded so to speak <laughs> it was it, it's the only so that is a 1600 uh, person venue under mm. normal circumstances um, and we were actually booked to go into uh, what they call what's golden which is just basically a micro version still on site still the same place but they put a big curtain across and mm. and um, they have 400 max there mm. um, and so they have a small stage etc still a beautiful thing but uh, probably the only positive out of this whole campaign was the, the fact that we did get upgraded onto the big stage. And so uh, we, we took all opportunities. We had all the media and social media people there and lots of cameras and, and got it all on, uh, got it all recorded. So for a bit of prosperity and for future uh, social uh, reference. Something to put put on when uh, the next time Correct. the next pandemic hits and you've got nothing to post. <laughs> Correct. It's COVID, exactly. COVID too. Pandemic boogaloo, guys. Let's go. You know what? Let's not say that. <laughs> well, I never, I never get predictions right, so that's why I'm, I'm predicting that it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, Yui Geller. Anyway, but yes, it is. It is like the the music equivalent of getting bumped up to business class. Correct. Without uh, without exactly paying for what Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So no, we we're very thankful. And and mate, look. You know, I have to say again, we, we were full of gratitude. It was a wonderful night. You know, we had Colin Lilly open up for us. We had a local Brisbane band called Ham that finished the show off. We went in the middle and it was just the flow, the feel, the excitement. The whole night was just we couldn't have asked for any more. Ah, uh, yes, Colin. I, I love Colin. Uh, for those of you that remember, we, of course, had him on as a guest. So, I was so excited to see that you you played with him. Um, connections everywhere. It's a small world. It but, is. yes, uh, bringing his desert-singed beard to grace the grace Briss Vegas. 
I'm probably the only bloke out there that can put him to shame with a beard. Oh yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. Um, I'll have to do a beard beard comparison. You know, on the we'll talk about. We'll get a. I'll get an Instagram poll going this week. Um, <laughs> You'll have to. Yeah, I so reckon. Who, who I've, uh, I reckon I've got him. I reckon I've got him. However, it must be said that I believe Colin had a little shear a few months ago. So there you go. He did mention that on air. So uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> he's probably regretting that now. <laughs> Not to worry. But, yes, it's um, it's been a long time coming, this album, because, um, yeah, as we mentioned before, you were supposed to release it in August, and it's our honorary August at the moment because of it's been delayed. But uh, no no stress. Everyone's been delayed at this stage. Nobody's plans are really going ahead at the moment. But let's talk a bit more about, I guess, the process behind putting the album together, because it, it, fir- it is the first album you've released as the band. Correct. Yes. Yes. But it's not, the, as you mentioned before we went on air, it's not your first rodeo or something like that. No. So, yeah. you know, everyone's been involved for a long time in the whole music thing in different ways, shapes and forms. And August River Band came together approximately about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lil and Eve met on Bandmix, which is kind of a Tinder for music, uh, kind of. I've heard about that. I've heard about it, but so, I haven't. Can, so, can you rate people like Uber or is it, a, is it like Tinder where you can't? So, so it's just purely a site where people sort of say, hey, I play, you know, I play trumpet. Hey, I play guitar. Hey, yeah. I'm a bass player. And vice versa. I'm looking for a bass player. I'm looking for a drum, whatever. So the bottom line is, is that Eve is native. He's, he's South African. Um, and as it, he's been out in Australia now for about seven or eight years. I was going to say, I thought I heard a South African accent at the start of one of the songs. Yes, that was that yeah. was him. That's uh, correct. So he's he's from South, and and uh, he that's that's where he built. You know, that's where he come from. And then what happened was by pure by pure chance and fluke. Uh, he, he doesn't Lil- play flute as well, does he? No, he does oh, not. Okay, so there's the, there's their pun out the window. Sorry, he does not. But what <laughs> happened was is that he um, he then met Lil, mm. um, and Lil sort of answered his his calls his his advert, and she is South African. She comes from South Africa, so she moved out to Australia to do her physio um, studies. Um, it, 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 you know, when she was twenty years of age, so there was an instant, you know, synergy between the two of them and they speak Afrikaans and blah, blah, blah. And so they were together for a couple of months and, uh, you know, punched through a few songs and, and started creating. And then basically, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a long story, but they needed a drummer. I knew Eve through a mutual friend mm. and um, I saw something on social media and I saw him at, at his work place of work and I said, mate, I really love what I heard on the weekend. It was really cool. There was only one problem. There's no drums. And he said, well, why don't you come along and have a hit? So that's how it started. Two and a half years of really hard work and mm. graft, um, you know, building songs, creating, uh, correlating, um, and then, um, you know, doing a lot of gigs, both small, you know, medium, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, we went into the studios at the start of the year on the 3rd and 4th of January. Um, and we had done some previous recordings uh, for some singles. And we had sort of done that at Airlock, which is um, Ian Hogg from Powderfingers, um, mm-hmm. uh, his studio. And we we really liked 
the experience was fantastic. We we did some recordings live, we did some to a click track, and we just decided that it was best for us to record live. And that okay. took us to Yamanui Studios, mm. um, and we got introduced to Paulie B, and so we went in there at the start of the year. So the whole album is a live studio recording? 100%. So here's the really cool part. We went in on the 3rd and 4th, which was a Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. On the Saturday, we played all of our songs, got a feel, went through them a couple of times. On the trip back to Brisbane that night, we had a chat. We condensed it to a 10 songs, which were kind of predetermined, sort of. So, were, we most of, on- were there many songs yep. that you did have to cut? Um, uh, we probably took to the studio around about 18 songs, hmm. 17. So, so we cut sort of seven or eight. There's 10 songs on the, on the album. Um, we, we rocked up the next day and we, we went through the 10 songs once and we recorded it. And then at two, we had a, we had a drink and a relax. And at two o'clock in the afternoon, we went back in and we recorded the album in an hour. So the folks, magic happened for us. It folks, was kind of very cool. That's efficiency right there, hundred and ten percent. So it was very cool, mate. It was very cool. With but by the way, it should be said there was a lot of hard work and preparation. Don't mention that. Nobody likes to hear about that, Gerard. It was done oh, in one brilliant. take. You'd never met before. It's the first time you let it out. It was magic, no, folks. But, it was but, magic. But, but you know what, Daniel? It, you know what? It was magical, and I mean that truly. It was magical. It, it happened for us, yep. and we just kept rolling through, and Paulie was there at the desk, and he just kept saying, let's do the next one. We're looking at an album, and, mate, it was beautiful. You know, so we, we were very happy. Look, there were some add-ons with bass, et cetera, backing vocals, et cetera, mm. but the, the, the absolute crutch, the vocals, the guitar, violin, and drums were in done in an hour. That's, that is, yeah, that I – I'm impressed. <laughs> I was going to say, I I know most people can't even write a song in an hour, but to put a whole album together, that is that is impressive. I'm very, very I'm impressed. Yeah, I can't, it was, it was a good afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it's um that's pretty cool, and it really does, I guess, highlight how cohesive you are as a as a unit. Really, we we pride ourselves on that, mate. That's our thing. You know, that's uh, I mean, you know, there's always there's lots of bands out there, lots of brilliant bands out there. There's so many great musicians. And so, you know, what, what can we do that's different or what can we do? Well, what we need to do is we need to do it really well. We're a mm, trio. Mm. There's, there's only four components, three, three, three instruments and a, and a vocal. So, yeah. you know, it has to be done well. And so we pride ourselves on being tired and, and, and working hard, I suppose, you know. Mm. Absolutely. You would only get, get a project as tight and as consistent throughout, which makes sense pretty much done in one take um, Mm. as it is. So, just Mm. just to quickly give a rundown too for those who didn't- We went through this before the show. You're much more organised than I say a lot of our guests because we never go through this. Hardly ever go through this. And it's been 10 minutes. Okay, so who did this? Who did what? But Eve- who is the main, the I guess the one that comes with the, you said the structure of the songs, he's the singer well, and he's, songwriter. He's the singer-songwriter, mate. He he brings uh, the tunes, they, he writes the words, he writes the music and he brings them, brings them to the, to the room, to mm-hmm. the, to, to us. And then, uh, then we sit there and, and try, try and sprinkle some dust over it all, you know, and, 
um, you know, collaborate and, and knock it back and forth and, you know, look at the structure of it. And, uh, you know, I think that we do a pretty good job of that. Does he tend to come with a pretty much a fully fledged song when he brings it to you or is it really just bare bones? Oh, I've got an idea here. I'll no, try this on so, violin. What? Yeah. No. So, most of the time, Eve comes with a structured, mm. fully, you know, vented, if you like, song. Um, and then what happens is, and, and I have to say this because it's really important, Eve has been beautiful to both Lul and I in that some of, you know, singer-songwriters would walk into a room and say, that's it, that's the way it's going to be, that's the way I want it played. Um, Eve has never said that. What we do is we play it and he says, you just throw your cast, you, you know, cast your net over it. You, you, you do what feels right, what, you know, stirs your soul. You, 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 you play with it mm-hmm. and, and let's, and let's see how it goes. And so in general terms, that's what happens. He comes with a song. It's, it's genuinely, you know, 99 point, you know, a structured song. And then we knock that about. We might turn it around a little bit, do this, put a stop here potentially. Mm-hmm. But it's just it, – it works. It's It's been a good process. And, again, it only happens because he is open to, you know, the input. Has there ever any – has there ever been any sort of jam sessions that have turned into writing sessions? Generally not. Sometimes what Eve will do is, um, so Eve likes to, you know, we're all, we're all control freaks. So Eve likes <laughs> to control what he's writing and what he's singing and so that forth. That wouldn't but- cause a power struggle. <laughs> 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 but look, it's okay. It's okay. we haven't killed each other yet. But no, yes, but I yes, will being say the key one- word there. I think <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Um, <laughs> and but I, hope I will not. say, I, w- I will say that what one thing that does happen, and it doesn't happen all the time, but mm. one thing that does happen is Eve may come into the practice room, and he might say play along to this, and he'll start playing a riff. Yeah. That riff is obviously something that he's working on, So, and he sees the energy that comes from it, you know. So sometimes he'll go away and work on that, but mm, that does happen. But we don't physically write there and then, no. Mm. Okay. That's cool. Mm. And I like it's an interesting dynamic because it doesn't evoke the sense of that it is a, a, you know, a, you're just a supporting band. No, you're very much all equal members and you've all got input, but there's still that dynamic that there is still, very, it seems to be very, um, very defined roles almost to the point well, at, but it, where it comes together to create something that's a bit bigger than what you could individually uh-huh. bring to the table. Mate, that's really well said. I think that's exactly what happens. I mean, you know, three, you know, pretty large and strong, you know, in their own way personalities. Mm. And that, I suppose, is the beauty. Uh, even though we cheated on the album, and it should, it, it must be said that there is bass on the album, and we had some beautiful people play bass for us. And you know, we can talk about that. But yep. the thing about a three-piece band is, and and you look historically at great bands, you know, that are three-piece. Mm-hmm. It gives you that room and space, and and that's that's part of what we do. And sonically speaking, too, you talk about giving each other space. There is a lot of really good um, drum work in there. I have to say, well done. There's just like Thank a lot you. of furious playing in there. It really rhythmically, um, I dare not say complex, but a lot of rhythmic, you know, a lot of going on rhythmically, and at the same time, a lot of really good rhythmic violin playing, um, both you know, in the background and when when there's these instrumental breaks. So there really is room to shine for all three of you. And that's you know, Eve writes those songs. He he 
he traditionally plays very unusual, mm. you know, riffs, if you like, and chord progressions. And obviously there's also that timing structure that changes all the time. You know what I mean? Um, and then, of course, then you put uh, the Lil understood the brief from day one. Like Lil sees herself as a violinist, you know, not yeah. a fiddle player. And so there's a certain structure that has to be there to fill the mm. sound up with a three-piece, you know, um, and so that works really well. And then, of course, with the drums, because Eve's doing a riff all the time and literally yep. playing bass and it gives me the freedom to, you know, um, pretend that I'm someone I'm not. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it, gives, it gives me the freedom to to play some, you know, odd times and lots of cymbal work yeah, yeah. to fill up. You know, there's, it's a melodic thing. So, um, yeah, your arms definitely get a good workout by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. I was going to say, let's drop some names here. Who are you pretending to be? Come on. Oh, look, <laughs> from my point of view, I mean, my heroes are, are Steve Copeland from The Police. I ah, mean, 100%. Yes. Stevie Gadd. Um, all the way through, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, you know, and Stevie Gadd and stuff like that are guys that I really, Jeff Picaro, mm. I mean, they're guys that I hero worship. But, I mean, I'm not them, obviously. I'm far from them. But it's just always nice. And, of course, Carter Beaufort from, from Dave Matthews' band. Yeah. Look, Eve, yeah. Eve. We do. Um, it's 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 an absolute. It's absolutely humbling that people even mention it. We are so far from Dave Matthews' band. It's not funny. However, a lot of people, you know, sort of say, you know, that reminds us whether it's the violin, whether it's Eve yeah. uh, and his riffs and his, you know, singer songwriter business. But a lot of people sort of say, oh, it's a bit Dave Matthews' band, which is which is. You know, we're nothing like them, but but it's nice that people mm. have that reference. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's always interesting when people come up with comparisons Correct. that you didn't really expect. It's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, well, let's we're going to play one of the other. It's the other another one of the singles from the album too, I believe. In yes. my arms. Yes. Is that right? We're gonna. I want to chat a little bit about that because that's got a very much more. It's a, well, not slower, but it's got more of an emotive core in terms of how it uh, progresses through the song. Yes. Like it, it really vamps and um, climaxes almost. One of those ones Correct. that climaxes more than a lot of the other ones on the yes. album. So maybe if you could go into a bit what Eve was thinking when he wrote it, if he if he shared. So, so it is about suspense that that song, yeah. as far as music goes, and you know the the violin, the crescendo, and what mm. we actually did was we changed the song and bought that big melodic solo mm. right at the start of the song. So that we, and then there's this hectic chorus, you know, that yeah. that Eve's playing on guitar and I'm playing crazy stuff on the drums. Mm. Um, you sh in my arms is essentially about you shouldn't be here in my arms. If you keep coming here, I'm going to keep taking you to bed, but there's nothing for us. I'm not taking you to the dinner and we're not going to the movies and we're not having babies together. But if you keep coming here. I think that, in I think that going to the movies things is a bit redundant this year. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so this obviously was written before this year, that song. Exactly. <laughs> I think he wrote this a while ago. But, I mean, the whole, you know, that's the crux of the song is that you yeah. shouldn't be here in my arms because if you keep turning up here, yes, we're going to go to bed, but that's where it stops and starts. So it, it, this isn't working. 
Um, and so, and there is definitely a suspense in the song, and there's definitely that hecticness of the of the verses. So it's a beautiful song. We really like it. It's it's mm. been one that we did right from word go. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask because it is sort of towards the middle of the album. This one, whereas mm-hmm. um, Crazy's right at the end. Did the yes. recording happen in order? So was it dead? You know, the order that you recorded. No, in? no, it did not. No, it did not. We 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 very thoughtfully retrospect mm. Um, mm. put the album in order. But I, I, to be honest, I'd have a piece of paper somewhere the way they were recorded. <laughs> but the album, yeah. as you see it was not recorded in that order. Mm, interesting. I'm happy to I'm definitely happy to chat more about um more in detail about the about the processes behind the songs and that as well. I guess wherever the conversation takes us, Gerard, but right now, uh, we're going to treat you to this next song in my arms off the brand new album Thank You Pain by August River Band. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be back oh real soon.
Mamma mia, that's a spicy song of ball. It's a... Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, welcome back, guys, to the to the chaos that is Bar Talk. Episode 25, actually. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet, um, but the big the big quarter century all the way here with uh, Gerard from August River Band, and that was their song, In My Arms... Uh, one of the recent singles off the album. And you were mentioning before, too, uh, off air, that that's one of the, been one of the more popular tracks off the yeah. record. It's a track that we've played basically from the start. You know, it was one of the first songs that we worked on together. And, um, yeah, it's been a popular song. You know, people enjoy it and usually sing along. And uh, obviously there's that break in my arms and people like to sort of have a sing. So it's been uh, it's been a great song. We, we really enjoy playing Sing-alongs always are like a top rate for uh, any live performance. Correct. That's got you've got to have the sing-along song. It's, I think it's a requirement as a live band to have at well, least I one. Mean, you, you kind of feel that you might be getting that hook into them. You know that 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 hook that we all search for. So it's uh, it's a good thing. So is you mentioned that was one of the earlier songs that you've um that you've put together as a band, were a lot of the songs off the record like that where you had gotten audience feedback, I suppose, for want of a better term, or were some of them like brand newies, untried, untested when they went to when, when you went in the studio? Well, look, it should be said that, you know, Eve Eve has um, many, many, many songs ready to go. I mean, we, we yep. potentially have another two albums to go. So, you know, Ooh, the slow down, slow down, cowboy. Yeah, exactly. We'll see you in 2024 yeah, by the looks of it. <laughs> it won't be happening for a while. <laughs> uh, we'll recover from this one. But but what happens is Eve has written some of these songs many years ago mm. and some of them are current. Some of the songs Eve wrote, you know, 10, 5, 6 years ago and then has rehashed them. Some of them are new. On the album itself, um, you know, just roughly speaking, and don't hold a gun at my head, there's probably uh, Cupid's 45 was a newer song. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. Most of the other stuff was older, and hence the reason why we went towards those, migrated towards those songs to be on the debut album. Because we do have other songs and we have newer songs, but we kind of thought that we should, you know, what's the word? Once we flip the card, we should, you know, work the card for a while, if that makes sense. So you want to give the people um, what they what they expect from well, you as a as yeah, a lot, really yeah. what sounds like you're very much always been that live performance band. <laughs> We, we very much are, and that's a big point to be made, is that August River Band, our, our sole thing is playing live. That's where we believe we, – we, we want to take you on a roller coaster. So when you come and see us, you cry, you laugh, you dance, you clap, and we take you through all of this emotion because that's where we think our strength is. Hopefully, so don't cough. That's the one, one don't thing. Don't cough. Yeah. Don't cough. One of these days, we will get down to Melbourne. But um, <laughs> so it's been incredibly frustrating. Not if you cough, and, you won't. <laughs> exactly. But but um, the bottom line is is that 
most of these songs, not all, but most of them were songs that, you know, as a collaborative, mm. as the three of us, even though Eve had had them for some time, they were sort of more of these songs that have been with us on our journey for that two and a half years. Um, and we just felt it was important to get them, put them to bed, Yeah, I suppose, is the right word, you know, like make sure that we've we've covered that road and that, you know, we've left it in a good state. And I believe we've done that. You know, I'm very – I know that we are very proud of, of the album. We're incredibly mm. proud of it. And, and we're also excited and proud about what's to come. But I'm glad that we've done the journey with these songs and because um, we've been literally living with these songs now um, for, you know uh, – like intensely, that is, for the last 12 months or more. Um, and, you know, we haven't been doing a lot of, you know, development on new stuff, which we're about to, you know. Because you mentioned how proud you are about the album, and absolutely, that's definitely mm. something I would be if I'd re- if, if this was my album, I'd be very happy with it. Um, I was going to say it's props to the production on there because there is a sort of a challenge involved when you're going in and go, all right, let's do this live in the studio. It's not a case of, oh, we'll add this in post or we'll do this and that later on. It really is a case of, for most things and aspects of it, you've got to get it right there and then. So, I mean, props to um, Paulie B for getting, getting nailing so, it on the head. So, we've, we're, we're surrounded with beautiful people. We're very lucky. And uh, a very good friend of mine called Tony McCall, who is a drummer of, of some, you know, notoriety and fame mm. and, and – uh, He's a, a very good friend of mine, and he said to me in our journey when he was listening, he said, you need to go and see Paulie B. And um, Paulie B, um, for those who don't or do know, um, so Paulie is a producer um, at Yamanui Studios, which is on the Sunshine Coast, which is a beautiful part of the world here in Queensland. And then, of course, Paulie himself plays in Beautiful Girls, uh, he plays with Bobby Alou, um, and he's also was in George many years ago. Um, yeah, so some yeah. pretty serious bands there. So he brings a lot of a lot of experience and 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 basically gorgeousness. <laughs> he t- he's a he's a pure musician, and he lives and breathes roots music. And he was the perfect fit for us. Was um, there anything that surprised you about him? Did he bring something to the table that you weren't expecting or maybe gave you some piece of advice that was something you hadn't considered? I think that in general terms, and I and I and I and by the way, this isn't said with any sort of it's said with humility, is that mm. because we'd worked so hard and because we'd lived with these songs for two and a half years, Paulie didn't really do a lot of producing up front, if that makes sense. He let us do our thing and he was relatively, he certainly had some input, there's no doubt. And, look, I have to make this very clear. I mean, we did record the album in an hour and that is a fact. There are some overdubs in regards to there's some extra violin lines, there's some backing vocals, there's obviously some percussive work, um, poorly played bass on the album, and we also had OJ Newcomb, who is the bass player with John Butler. He's done some work with John mm. Butler Trio. He played some double bass um, in note. Uh, there's a few songs, but one in particular was Mr. Sky um, and just did a gorgeous job of that. So they were over, you know, or produced or overdubbed or whatever way you want to look at it. 
Um, but we couldn't have done it without Paulie. And he did sort of do a few little, if I can use the words, um, sort of hums or ambience or, or some little variations on some um, intros, et cetera. Um, Hello B is one, um, you know, so that was a really nice touch and uh, we couldn't have done it with that. And it was just a wonderful experience. It really was. Mm, yeah, I think there's only one point at which I could tell when I was listening that, uh, ah, that effect was added in post. There's like yes. a, I think it's like a, a phase function or something on the drums. Um, and, and that's but exactly apart, right. But apart from that, it, it, you're right, everything must be really subtle because I couldn't pick it up. And, and this is and this is where his artistry was, is that to respect, and that's why it was so beautiful working with him, is because he respected that it is a live, do you know what I mean? Like our vibe yeah. is live yeah. and it's not to be overproduced. I mean, we're a musical band. We don't, we don't, not that I'm saying this is wrong or right, by the way, but there's not a lot of you know, synth fills and backbeats mm. and drums. It's it's us. And so he he walked this beautiful tightrope um, and, again, he got it. He understood it. And you know what was better even still was that it was so nice that Paulie um, came and played played bass on our um, on our launch show. And he – yeah, yeah, you were mentioning that. That's that's cool. And it's a good way, way to get him involved as a producer because he's someone you want there at the gig Correct. when you're launching the album. Correct. And, and you know, we've been fortunate enough, um, you know, I probably, probably shouldn't be saying this, but, you know, we've got an upcoming uh, gig down the Gold Coast at the Gold Coast Roots Festival at Hodder, and Paulie's going to pull in again with us on that, you know, show. So that is just so beautiful that he, he has, um, I suppose, bought into it or believes in it or whatever, you know, that he's coming and, and supporting us because it's massive for us, you know. It gives us some kudos and we love you know, being around him and playing music with him. Speaking of, um, I was going to say, if I'm going to draw a comparison here, uh, laugh it off at me if you feel like, but he, he's really like your Pat Smear, isn't he? He's like the fourth <laughs> member that technically isn't a member. That's that's exactly what it is, you know. And <laughs> For those of you, yeah, of course, of course, Pat Smear being the guy that played <laughs> the second guitar in Nirvana. But technically, exactly. wasn't part of the trio. Exactly, exactly. Uh, which is the only look, reason why I think he's now part of the Foo Fighters. I think Dave Grohl is trying to forgive him because he never got the chance exactly. to be added. Exactly, exactly. Um, but no, look, and 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 listen. There is something that moving forward, um, having a, a base, full stop. Whether it be Paulie B, but having base, um, we've debated since day one. And we've decided, you know, along the way that, no, we'll leave it as three. It's hard enough as three. We'll leave it as three. But we've never um, – what's the word? Don't want too we've many people s- to split the booty between. Just well, that's the real that. reason. Let's uh, get you know to the bottom. <laughs> Do you know what it is? We're all crazy fuckers. And ah. we don't- <laughs> We take it's complicated enough, but we've never ever ever said no. There's no bass player. In fact, on yep. the contrary, we know yep. that the bass adds a, just a beautiful, you know, mm. texture to our, our painting. So, th- th- in the future, hopefully, whether it be part time or full time, there, there there will be bass. Cool, cool. Let there be bass. Let's Let there be talk. Bass. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk a bit more about the live shows because you mentioned. Um, You've got an upcoming show that's a bit different to your to your album launch, isn't it? Yes, it is. We're, we're um, uh, Friday week or whatever, 24th, 23rd, What's, something like that. On, hold on, because this will be out. Yeah, this on Friday the 23rd, yes? 
Yeah, that's not this Friday, but next Friday, yes. Uh, no, actually, it will be uh, as of release, folks. It'll be two days away, Friday the twenty third. So, uh, which is actually less yeah. than a week away as of recording. So, okay, you might want to so, get you might want to double check your double check your diary just to make sure <laughs> there's nothing. It's like, oh, I've got go. a I've got a I've got a manicurist appointment. Sorry, guys, can't make the gig. <laughs> got to get my beard trimmed. I've got no, I've got to get my beard the, oiled. The twenty Friday the twenty third, we're playing a little uh, gig at. Um, uh, in the valley in Brisbane, um, and it's called the Barbershop, and it's a little cool thing that a guy sort of does a bit of a recording studio type setup, limited numbers, just a really intimate show. So oh. we're going to go and do that, which speaking, will be a bit of fun. Speaking of beard oiling, you know, you don't have to move that appointment at all. You can ha- you can get it done at the same time, just in between <laughs> drumming. The- There's just this random roadie just like trimming your beard. Got a little bucket <laughs> underneath the- you. They can give the old 4KZ a dad and Dave and, and trim the beard up at the same time while I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the drums. But, uh, look, it, it'll be fun. It'll be a Friday night. It'll be 9.30 at night. It'll be vibing. You know, the Valley's always a fun place to be. Um, and then The Valley's pretty much the music epicentre of Brisbane, it isn't is. it? Yes, it is. And, you know, like everywhere, it's taken a hit, obviously, but it's mm. it's it's back and it's it's working really hard to you know all the venues are working really hard to to get it all happening again and and, and it is you know it's a it's a good thing so um, but the valley's a beautiful place for music it's uh, it's it's the happening thing and is that um are there still will there still be tickets available for that one um, mate I believe it's uh, First in best dress type affair. Oh, yeah. So um, rock up so to, if you're in Brizzy, go and what you're doing this Friday. Fucking hell, you guys can actually go to mu- go and watch people play live. So you've got no excuse to go down there. That's exactly right. Go exactly. and get your hair cut. Um, um, get a grab a whiskey. I've t- apparently there's a barber shop down there that a friend who cares a lot about his his uh his mullet or whatever he's growing these days. They give you a complimentary whiskey. You pay like fifty dollars for the the haircut. haircut. Yeah. But he goes, you get a nice nice glass of uh single malt. Beautiful. It's, it's, hey? it's worth it. Apparently. apparently, happy days. Haircuts and whiskey go well. I don't know why because I was sure assuming you get a few follicles in the glass, but. <laughs> <laughs> Get a bit messy, um, but who cares? It's it's alcohol. So, what's um, the venue no, and the time? Sorry, just so we before we forget. Uh, oh, that's silly of me. Quickly check checks the his notes. Shop, but I'm trying to think. They do go <laughs> under another guise, which is disgusting, and I should go, know. But go to but the anyway. August River Band socials. It's all on yeah. your socials, well, isn't it? You know what. Facebook, uh, I know it's Instagram, but Facebook's our big things, as is Instagram. It'll be on there. It'll be advertised. Please go and check out yeah, our Facebook page Insta- and all Insta- of that will be Facebook and Facebook, Facegram or Twitter oh, talk or whatever it's called. That's it's all it. there. So, so that'll be fun. And then uh, we're going to – so that'll be a really nice little, you know, intimate session for us to do. I'm actually looking forward to that. I think we all are. And then we get back on a big stage um, down mm. at the Gold Coast on the Sunday, the 29th of November. So that's the Gold Coast Roots Festival and Hotter, uh, which is home of the arts, um, are hosting that. And uh, I think there's, I think there's a thousand. 
thousand mm. cap on that. It might be more, and that's sort of an outdoor. They've got a sound shell, and it's all beautiful. Oh. There's um, the Hanlon Brothers and uh, Tawana Cartel and Fat Picnic mm. are playing. Mm. So really looking forward to that on a big stage. Be wonderful. Tell us quickly about your lineup too for the show this Friday, because you mentioned before that there's going to be a bit of a bit of a switch up, switcheroo. Yes. So so it should be said that um, with you know with a heavy heart that um, Lil who was a part of the album, who did all of the album. Um, Lil left the band earlier in the year um, through the the whole COVID thing. Uh, So not only did we use the time to keep moving forward, but we then had to deal with, you know, you know, getting a new violinist organised. So we do have a, a guy, Gareth, who's come in and sits in now, and he's just gorgeous. He's just amazing. Uh, and we're very blessed to have him working with us. Um, but we also have a young man, um, young Ben, who's who's a, who's a good young man. He's studying to be a doctor. And so he's sort of sitting in as well and he's sort of, um, you know, cutting his teeth with us and it's going really well. So he's coming to do the show at the barbershop for my his first oh time. He's a, he's a genius. He is. Just the classic, the classic, you know, got some degree, fancy degree That's on the it. side, plays violin in a in a folk <laughs> band. Brings the IQ the old, of the rest of the Pulling band. the old art Garfunkel. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm an architect. It's, it's it. That's it. That's Playing it. music's so, just my side career. <laughs> um, Ben's been wonderful. He answered a bit of a plea, came in. Yeah. He was very raw, incredibly raw. And what he's achieved in a short period of time, we're really happy with. And um, so I'm excited for for him because next Friday, or when this Friday, Friday at the barbershop, this Friday, this Friday um, he's um, he's going to sit in for the first time live. And, That's cool. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just be saying one thing to him before we start, which is don't fuck it up, <laughs> <laughs> or you're out. <laughs> but uh, and then down the coast. Um, for Hotter, we're going to pull in Gareth and uh, Gareth Muse, and also um, Paulie B is going to come and play bass down there for oh. us as well, which which is awesome. So that's the same lineup that we had at the Tivoli for our our launch. So um, happy days. So where is what date is the um the festival again? 29th of November, Sunday. That's a Sunday. Oh yeah, I was about to yeah. say yeah, Jinx. Yeah, uh, yeah, Sunday, and I'm guessing like an afternoon sort of thing. It is, mate. I think oh. the um, door gates open at about three oh, thirty. Nice. So she's an afternoon session, few beers. Uh, it's on the green there as well. Okay. So you buy a ticket. They and haven't forgotten to water a- the lawn. It isn't going to look. Isn't going to be on the brown. Well, I hope <laughs> it's not. But I mean, it's an unusual setup. In well, maybe it's not unusual these days. We you buy a plot of grass, mm. uh, and four people can sit there. That's your ticket. Yes, and they have you know food and wine and all. S- it'll be beautiful. They've been getting creative around the world. We've had car gigs, exactly. I think, in Lithuania, UK. I think they did cages, They're like little <laughs> platforms, which I think is cool. And then. Um, <laughs> What was the other we, one I'm trying to think of? Uh, oh, the, the apartments. Bubbles. Did you yeah. see the one with the apartments and they yeah. played in the yeah, centre? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, that's it. So, yeah, no, you just got to become a little bit, you know, left of centre in these times. Yes. Got to get a little crazy. Exactly. Um, thanks. I'll, I'll mention, we'll, we'll mention, obviously, all the socials and, and what's happening next. But, of course, thank you so much, um, Gerard. Right. It's been awesome. What other, uh, apart from, obviously, that, obviously, Apart from obviously the shows that you've got upcoming, lucky you. Uh, 
you've obviously got plans in that for, I'm guessing, more releases in the future. Fingers crossed. Mate, well, absolutely. So, mate, we've been, you know, smashing the whole social media and, and you know, the, the whole album thing. Mate, we will now promote the album in the next, you know, month or two. We'll go and do, you know, the Gold Coast Festival, which we're really excited about. And, and you know, we can't wait to be there. It's what we want. That's what we do. And then, mate, we're going to go away and have a little break uh, over Chrissy New Year. We're just going to restock, take a big deep breath. And then I think what we'll do is early next year, we'll start collaborating again eve's got a whole heap of beautiful songs there we'll start working on all of that and uh hopefully fingers crossed you know we're looking at booking agents at the moment and our big thing is we want to get out and play some live gigs and festivals you know we, we weren't able to tour we were hoping to tour the album and obviously that hasn't happened so you know we might try and develop a bit of that stuff early next year and try and um, get out and about if you know if restrictions etc are lifted. But exciting times and um, at the moment it's just important for us to sort of bask in the album, enjoy mm. it, um, mm. and and you know I think it's been a lot of hard work and we just need to if you like relax and enjoy it. Exactly, exactly, yeah, enjoy it while it lasts because. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all fun and games. Um, I'm hope. So, is the intention, I'll ask really, I just want to know really quickly, is the intention to potentially change things up in terms of how you record or the sound that you bring to the next release whenever that does come out? I don't think so. I think, I, I like, I know that I'm really, you know, we're really happy and, and mm. there's been an evolution in the band with our new stuff. Yeah. So, I'm excited about that. As far as the way we record and so on, I think we're at peace with what we've done. I yep. mean, I believe the songs will evolve in itself because we are evolving as a band always, but the recording style and so forth, I think we'll stick with. We, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're happy. Cool. Cool. Mm. Um, before we do play the next track, let's quickly run through the socials of your band, which we did mention twice, but didn't specifically mention where we can find you. Because we're like, let's go to the go to the social media pages, find out about the show. Like, where's the where's the pages, Daniel? I'm where's lost the in the facelands. Yeah. <laughs> so, so our big go is Facebook. We're very active on Facebook. Yep. Instagram um, is obviously there always. Um, there's a little bit of stuff on YouTube, et cetera, but Facebook is our really big one to be uh, quite frank. So yep. if you, if you want to follow our fortunes, that's the place to find Sweet. us. Sweet. And what's and, it all tagged under? Cause that's the, uh, what's your- August River Band. August River Band. That's, I doubt if there's that's, another August River Band out there. <laughs> no, there's not. And, and of course, listen, it would be remiss of me not to say that, um, please, if you like the stuff, please go to Spotify, you know, Apple iTunes, et cetera, and please download our album and enjoy it because, um, you know, we're really proud of it and mm. we, we hope you guys enjoy it. I was going to say, do you have any merch or anything like that people can go Absol- and buy? A- absolutely. We've got a whole heap of merch. And again, that's through the Facebook, um, yep. get in contact with us. There's a heap of stuff there. It's great. Nice, nice. Go and, yeah, if you like what you hear, guys, go and, uh, best thing you can do to support artists at the moment, buy merch. Uh, well they said. get a little little dollar or two out of it. Well said, Daniel. Uh, Gerard, thank you once again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, an absolute blast. Thanks for having us, mate. Really appreciate it. Really and do. When you do do that national tour, wink, wink, please let us know when you're down the Melbs way. 100%. Uh, we'll have a beer. We'll have a, have a beverage and have a little uh, – Keen. actually, I'm so keen to see you guys with the, the dynamic – that whatever I guess you bring down here, eventually awesome. I'd love to see that in person. So that'd be awesome. Thank you very much, mate. Let's chat 
about. The next song we're going well, the song we're going to going to leave on. This one hasn't been released as a single, and I always like to to go deep cut for it uh, for the last song. But "Hallowed Be" is what we're going to play in a sec. Yes. Uh, tell us a bit about this one, if you could. Hallowed Be, very high energy song, a very personal song, mm. uh, and a and a pretty dark um, part of Eve's uh, lifetime. Uh, his little journey, and um, we always open our shows up with Hello B. It's a very yep. powerful song. It has a complete change of rhythm uh, in it. Uh, has two sort of separate time signatures, and uh, which is kind of our thing. But a very um, strong, very strong song. Very, uh, very emotive. Nice, and I hope you enjoy it just as much as I guess I did listening to it. And and uh, yeah, thanks again. Um, I guess let's let's not waste any more time and play the bloody thing. Um, Gerard, do you want to take us out? Who, what are you? Uh, what are we listening to? Uh, this is Gerard from August River Band. Please enjoy Hallowed Be. Fire burning, no, no. 
Sexy, you are listening to Bar Talk on AMR. Now I 
Hey, 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 welcome, welcome back, folks, to the Bartol Podcast, episode 25. Hope you've enjoyed that little tipple of a song. Um, baby, please, it was good. Uh, but baby, please, don't go anywhere, because that was called, uh, you couldn't guess it, baby, please, the uh, new single off the English Rain's debut album, Echoes of You, which is out now. So, go and check it out after the interview. But before you go and check out anything else, I'm very lucky to have with me on the line the uh, co-partner in crime of said musical act on the phone with me right now, another all the way from Brisbane. So, uh, please give him a round of your utmost attention, Steve from The English Rain. How are you going, Steve? G'day, Daniel. I'm good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on the show. Ah, oh, no worries. Uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, first off, congratulations on the record. Thank you. It's been a long time coming, but we're, yeah, we're really happy with how it turned out. Um, you know, so yeah, it's exciting times. That was going to say, it's it, I, that was what I was going to say. It's a long time coming because uh, I was having a little read through everything. I guess let's get straight into it. Um, your part, so you. English Rain, it's a duet between yourself and Neil, who's sort of the other yep. other creative of the band. But you guys have been together for yonks, haven't you? Yeah. Um, you know, we met back in the uh, early to mid-80s. We were both playing in the well, – we ended up being in the same bands, playing covers and originals. Um, and over time, we actually ended up in a couple of different bands. And as they broke up, we kind of went our separate ways, but stayed in touch from a writing point um, so we, you know, we wrote a lot. Well, I wrote usually write the songs and send them to Neil, and we did that long distance for a long period of time because I live in Brisbane and Neil lives in Perth. Um, and you know, so over that period of time, I think we accumulated something like a hundred plus songs. And we thought, well, it's about time to put some of these down on record. And here we have our first record after you know thirty five years. Uh, better late than never, as I always say. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, with the amount of time well I mean, the amount of experience i guess that's under both of your collective belts uh you you say you wrote 100 songs is that in total since you met or is that was that just over just a particular period of time um no that was probably you know over the course of that that period of time um you know since we since we first met it's actually more than 100 i think it's up you know about 140 um so, you know, they were just, there were, there were certainly periods in that time where I would be really prolific. You know, there was times I'd send Neil, you know, two or three songs in a day. Um, and then other times where, um, you know, I, one of the last, one of the songs on the record is the example, we see the same stars came out of a, a really bad breakup. And I didn't write for 10 years after that. I put the guitar down and, and just didn't write. So, you know, it's not like I was, you know, writing every day, every week for that period of time. There was there was periods of time where I just didn't pick the guitar up at all. Have you have you found that there is value though in taking times off thinking about creative pursuits? Because um, you know, a lot of musicians, I suppose, with a, with a less experience than what you might have, might be under the impression that oh god, I got to write it now, I got to write it now, otherwise it'll never come out. So, do you find that there is that value in stepping back for a bit? Yeah, I think that it is good to just have a break, um, particularly if you're working on a song that you're struggling with. You know, there's, there's a couple of different schools of thought. Some people are like just kind of forge on and, 
and, and you know, make sure you finish it. Um, whereas I, I sometimes think it's better to kind of go away for a little period of time and, and then come back with, like, fresh ears. Because when you're really trying, it, it, sometimes that really slows the process down, or it does for me anyway. Um, you know, I, I find more often than not, I do tend to write the song kind of in one or two sittings. So it's generally pretty quick. But those ones that, you know, I, I've kind of got stuck on, in some cases might have taken a year or two to finish where it just, it, I just couldn't get a, my head around how I wanted it to sound or, or those sort of things. So, you know, coming back after such a period of time, you've kind of forgotten about some of the blockages that mm. you had. Um, and, and, you know, you can come at it completely fresh. So do you have like the locked box at home under locking keys, like unfinished songs and you just go through them every six months and go, well, that was shit or, oh, that's actually not too bad. <laughs> I do that even with the finished songs. Um, <laughs> okay. So have there been many uh, cases where you've gone back and gone and reworded or, you know, reworked the, the uh, musical elements or the, the arrangements completely on a, a, what you thought was a finished song? Yeah, on, on some of them, um, even, you know, on this record, um, you know, probably uh, there's a couple of things that change slightly. I, I'm quite a lazy lyricist by my own admission. Um, <laughs> In what aspect? Like, um, you know, using fancy, I mean, liking not being worried about using fancy words or just first word that comes to yeah. mind sort of thing? Sometimes it is, yeah. It's that first word and you go, well, it fits. Um, and <laughs> Um, and, you know, in your head you go, that's just a placeholder. But then you finish mm. the song and go, yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it can just stay there. Uh, and I'm really aware that I'm lazy like that. So, you know, I, I try to, to not do it as much. Um, you know, on this record, I, I think on the, one of the tracks, Miss You, there was two verses. And I thought, that's so lazy. I could at least write another verse. <laughs> um, and I did. So, you know, that made the... You know, there's, there's about a, uh, probably a 15-year gap in from when the first two verses were written to the to the last. Um, and, you know, it's but that's, that's okay. Pro- uh, it's called providing perspective. Just the 15 yeah. years of, of of review to go, well, it wasn't that bad. The, it wasn't the dumpster fire that the relationship <laughs> was made out to be at the time. <laughs> well, you know, I try to, like I said, I try to finish most of the songs, you know, in, in one or two sessions. Um, and I'm how often does that happen most, out of out of ten? Um, I reckon probably eight or nine. I think okay. you know, most of the, I think just so, about every song on that record um, was finished really quickly. You know, in terms of the, the the substance of the song, not necessarily the recording, but. You know, here's all of the words, um, here's the music, the melody. I know what I want it to sound like. Um, so, you know, from that point of view, I reckon eight, eight or nine out of ten. So, you really – you say you're lazy, but, I mean, that's that that's <laughs> not too lazy. You're not, you know, you're, you're, you're focused enough to get songs done at once. I was going to say, do you find yeah. that you gravitate – once you've finished your songs, do you gravitate more to the ones you completed in one sitting because of the way, the way you like how it's turned out? Yeah, I think it's nice to have that sense of accomplishment. Um, and I sit down, whenever I write a song, I have, you know, kind of a few things that, you know, go through my head. I always try and sit down and write a single or, you know, that's, that's, that's my thinking because, you know, traditionally in the old days, the singles were the best songs on the record. So if I kind of set myself that goal of, I want this to be a song that people can sing along to that's catchy or whatever, 
then I think that that's a good bar to start off with. Now, you know, when you finish the song, sometimes you might go, that's not a single, but it's still a solid song. Yeah, yeah. That, that's certainly one of the things that I aim for when I when I write. Um, I was going to- you- Yeah, sorry, no, keep going, keep going. No, I was just going to say that, <laughs> and that's kind of the aim that I have yeah. um, in those scenarios. I just want to actually touch on something you mentioned there. It's like, oh, back in the day, singles are more to serve the purpose of being the top tracks off the record. Mm. So, have you found that that ha- has moved away from that in your experience? Yeah, I think so. Look, it, it probably wasn't even necessarily the case back then. It's just that singles were, you know, I guess singles back in those days were, were these great pop hits. But mm. one of my favourite songs, um, arguably my favourite song, is Rain by the Beatles. Now, it was mm. never a, a, an A-side single. I think it was on the back of Paperback Writer or something like that. Um, but it was still a fantastic song. Um, and, you know, the Beatles did a lot of that as well. You know, they had these great songs that um, in some cases weren't even on albums. <laughs> you know, things like She Loves You and I Want to Hold Your Hand didn't even appear on their records. You know, they were actual just singles only. So um, I, I guess it's just that old school thinking that, a, you know, a two and a half or three minute pop song, you know, is kind of that. That's the upper echelon that I think of. Wow, you know, they're all those great singles that you can think of through the you know sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever. Um, these days, you know, I don't hear as much of that, um, and yeah, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to do this record because I like guitar pop songs. I like things that you can sing along to that that somebody else can hear and pick up a guitar and learn themselves and and start playing. I I used to do that with Hoodoo Guru's records. You know, you (laughs) knew Hoodoo Guru's record had come out, you know, take the day off school, go buy the record and then spend the day working out those songs and go, okay, now I want to play them. Whereas, you know, modern pop music, that's not, you really, it's, it's much more difficult to do that because of the, you know, I guess, the more electronic nature of it. You know, there's less guitars and things like that. Mm. And I love guitars. Mm. <laughs> have you um, found, though, that in recent years your tastes have changed in terms of your music? Because obviously you can tell that there is that big Beatles influence both in the music and uh, a lot of the imagery of the band, especially the logo. As well, and yeah. a lot of the imagery on the on the front cover of the album, I'm just looking a lot of sim, a lot of Beatles symbolism there. But has yeah. there been that sort of change? Has there been that sort of um, preference change with your styles as you've moved? You know, moved in recent years. Yeah, look, I still love all of that classic stuff, and and you know, the album cover is that really that homage to you know the the Beatles, the Paul Weller, the Jam, the Monkees. You know, all of those kind of classic yeah, bands. Yeah, the, the 60s, um, um, what is it, um, the British Invasion bands. The British Invasion, you know, Britpop. Yep. You know, I, I loved Britpop when that came along. Um, and, you know, as much as I still listen to that, I, I listen to probably more Americana now than anything else. Um, you know, people like Ryan Adams, Jason Isbell, Drive By Truckers, Band of Horses is probably, you know, one of my mm. favourite bands. Um, but, again, the common theme in all of those is that they write great melodies. You know, any song that I can sing along to and, and, you know, I feel resonates with me is really important. And and that's that factor fits all of those bands going back to the 60s. You know, they wrote a song that you could sing along to, would, you know, make you feel something, whether that's happy, sad, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and in some cases, you would think that that song was being written for you because, you know, it spoke to you about what was going into your life or a breakup or... And that's where music, I think, really connects with people. 
Um, and that's what I've always wanted to do. Now, whether you achieve that, you don't know. Um, you know, there, there's a there's a classic old interview where this, this homeless guy says to John Lennon, oh, you know, you're writing these songs for me. And Lennon goes, I don't even know you, mate. I write these for me. If you get something out of it, that's a bonus. Um, and it's very true. Uh, but very you know, Lennon-esque, all, just, just, just doesn't acknowledge Lennon-esque. the other person. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But I, I, I think that, you know, the... the that's that's where songwriting for me is is that's where the magic is. If you can just connect with someone and they go, you know, when I heard that song, you know, whoever the song, it made me think of this time in my life where I went through that, or and and that's the magic of it for me. Uh, let's let's stroke the ego for a sec, seeing as we're talking about Lennon. Um, <laughs> have you have you ever had that the Lennon moment? So we'll call that the Lennon moment where it's like some random don't know him, got no connection, going like that that really, really, you know, hit me somewhere, it hit me where it hurts, you know, made me feel <laughs> something I haven't felt in years. Has has there ever been a particular moment where that's that's happened to you? Yeah, since the records come out, um and, and this is what I'm most proud about with the record is that Firstly, people don't seem to have a favourite. They seem to like all different songs at different times, depending on how many times they've listened to the record. And quite a few people have sort of said to me, you know, um, you know, I went through a relationship and Miss You is exactly, you know, that's mm. exactly what happened. And then there's like Before the Dark, which is a song about my cousin who took his own life. Mm. Um, and, mm. you know, people have reached out about that and said, you know, I hadn't really thought you know, about what you were saying in that song. Yeah. Um, and this, it made me do this. So, yeah, and, and that's, that's I think, what you well, – it's what I want. Yeah. Um, I yeah. want, you know, people to – not to go, oh, I love this song, but to go, hey, your song made me think about this in a different way or it made mm-hmm. me remember mm-hmm. that maybe things weren't just as awful or as horrible and, yeah. you know, going back to your dumpster fire – comment maybe it wasn't you know as bad as i thought at the time and maybe we still have a yeah, connection yeah. And, you know that sort of thing mm. um you mentioned something about your um friend or whatever obviously mental health really important guys as always uh call 13 11 mm. 14 if you ever just want someone to chat to uh for lifeline um yeah um so it sounds like there have been a lot of a lot of experiences go into it. So, th- these all songs, though, that you had played live uh, before you went in to record them or are some of them ones that really hadn't seen the light of day? No, none of them had, to be honest, um, because Neil and I traditionally, because we were living on other sides of yeah. um, Australia, um, we don't really gig. So, our thing is is more that we just want to we just want to make records. So, um, and that's quite a fast process for us. Mm, well, mm. now that now that we've done the first one, you know, we're already tracking the second record as we speak. Um, and um, so, no, they they didn't sort of get that live. I guess um, you know, you know, where you you kind of get that vibe from the audience. People are into mm. this or they're not. Or um, so, no, we didn't get to do that, which is you know unfortunate. But we certainly played different parts of them to people just to kind of get there their perspective and, and, you know, their take on things. But, you know, again, first and foremost, I write for myself. So if, if there's a song on there, um, it, it's because that, that's how I wanted it to sound. It's because that's what I wanted to say. And again, hopefully it does connect with, with people out there. So obviously, you and Neil have managed to really build a connection, especially if you've been living interstate and that. But what 
how do you find what do you find works in terms of making sure you can keep that spark alive even though you you're thousands of k's apart what usually works for you apart. <laughs> absolutely well, so, you get, apart. so you um, find that if you were together it just wouldn't you'd be sick of each other is that is that where we, is that where this is going <laughs> well i think it, it, it's possible you know like I, you know you see so many bands eventually it's just that being around each other for so long and, and for so much time it does have an effect you, you know we're vastly different um personalities you know like neil's got the patience of a saint um and he needs to because you know like i'm quite no i want it to sound like this and you know can we change this and can we do yeah. that and um and he's he's great because he he can make it happen and you know he's he um because he's got the capabilities from a recording and playing point of view um but his personality is very much yeah look at the end of the day you wrote the song so you know what you want it to sound like um, so Neil has been over in Brisbane for the last um, sort of four months um, while we recorded the record, but he came over for some other reasons. So that, but that's you know, while he was here, we did the record. Um, but Go we on. haven't even. Go you know, on. I don't care what you're here for. Let's put a let's put a record together. Exactly. You know. So don't think you're coming over to Brisbane and we're not putting a record out. Um, so, but even while he's been here. Um, you know, outside of the studio, we've probably only spent, you know, a few days together, even just working on songs. Ideally, I would have liked to have done that more, but it hasn't worked out that way. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, we, we've known each other for so long now, it's kind of warts and oil. And, um, you know, I, I'm probably more of a pain to put up with than Neil is. So, you know, kudos to him for keeping it going for so long. So, really soon, we're actually going to go to a break and play one of the other tracks off the album, Steve, which is going to be uh, Just Think of You. Now, this one, totally, really good example of, like, how many different styles you, you consciously brought into the album. Because uh, if you thought everything was going to be like, baby, please, guys, baby, please, get a grip. It's like it's the English rain. These guys know everything. No, um, but this one, absolute sl- slapping blues track. This one, uh, this one's totally yeah, real three hundred and sixty. Which I find that you get a bit of that throughout the album. But tell us a bit about this track. I guess where you were when you wrote it. Um, what a, a bit maybe about going to bed. What it was about at the time. Yeah, it's um, it's one of the older tracks on the record, um, and I was listening to blues at the time. Ah, uh, yes, and everybody had a blues. Everybody that was in the eighties had, had a blues, blues phase. Stage. Yeah, buddy you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan. That, that's it. I'll blame him. Well, I was going, I was going real old school. <laughs> I was listening to Robert Johnson and oh. you know Lightning Hopkins and oh. all of that. You know, I got right into all of that, and um, and I always thought, okay, because most of the blues songs generally are in a major key. Mm. And I always thought, which is really bizarre, right. considering. Yeah, well, I, mean, I guess it makes sense how old blues is as a genre, but it's so yeah. weird how like blues is usually like complain, complain, complain. Oh, my life's so hard, but it's not in a minor key. Exactly, and that's what made me think. Well, there's nothing sadder than a minor key, and and you know, E minor is a pretty sad chord. So you know, off we go. And um, so yeah, it was. I, I just wanted to see you know what it did sound like. Um, it's a, it's you know, it's a pretty straight up and down um, blues song. I um, but but straight up and down blues is always fun to go back to. It's never not fun. This is probably why it's yeah. lasted the test of time and why it's still a format that just works. That you can yeah, always right. you, can, you can overload on it, sure. But if you if you give it a good enough time, you can always go back to it. And blues is always fun to listen to. 
and play yeah. too. Well, when we did it originally, it was probably a bit more straight up. Um, and then I, when I was doing some recording um, prior to going into the studio, I, I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to kind of try a few different things. And so actually moved it into almost a bit more of a shuffle, um, you know, like a, a, a Texas shuffle, a slower Texas, a Texas shuffle rather than just straight up blues rock. Um, and that kind of changed the feel of it a little bit. And at the time, a guy I'd known for quite a while reached out to me and said, oh, you know, do you have anything to do with the English rain? And I said, yeah, I'm in the English rain. And um, (laughs) There's your Lennon um, moment we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And um, he's in a band called um, Cheap Cheap Fakes, who are a fantastic Brisbane band. Um, And I said to him, mate, actually, I've got a couple of songs that, you know, I haven't got anyone to sing them at this stage. Would you give them a crack? And he said, absolutely. And um, so he actually did the vocals on Just Think of You and um, just nailed it. He also does Swamp Girl on the record as well. Mm. Which, yeah, the, know, two, the two a, thumping rock and roll tracks, yeah. Really, yeah. You know, like on Swamp Girl, he, he kind of sounds like um, Justin Hawkins from The Darkness had a, mm. a love child with Randy Savage, <laughs> the macho man wrestler. And, uh, That's a mix. and it worked. It worked. So... Um, and you know, we in a perfect world, we would have loved to have had a gospel choir coming in and singing the, um, you know, the the, the, the singing uh, back at him. Social distancing, um, like they're too yeah. hard to hire. They're probably in some union. It was it's too much too work. Hard. Exactly. <laughs> but Cassie did a fantastic version. You know, she yep. she did the um, the return vocals, mm-hmm. and um, and Jason Milhouse, uh, the producer, did the, the solos. Um, on the record, oh, okay. and they came out fantastically. And, yep. and uh, I was going to ask who did the on. guitar, who did the lead guitar on that one. Yeah, well, he did. Um, he did it over. I, I know we were actually sitting there one night, and he had a few beers, and he had a crack at it. Yep. Um, and did you find he, version, did you find he played better the more he drank? Is he one of those people? Well, he, he said if I spoke to anyone, he had I had to say that he was completely drunk, and that's how good he is. Ah, uh, okay. I, I see what you so, mean. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wink, 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 nod, nod. Um, but the first solo, you know, was actually probably a bit more rock. It still mm. worked perfectly. Mm. Um, and then he said, uh, he, he, you know, a couple of – about a week or so later, he goes, oh, I've had another crack at that solo. And, it's, of course, it's much more bluesy. And um, and sort of going back to what you were saying about the genres, um, I, when you were saying before, you know, where does music sit now, I think it's hard to get people to listen to whole albums, Daniel. You know, people's time for one – um, if it's longer know, they, than they, a TikTok, it's not worth it. No, exactly, <laughs> and that's kind of the sad is, thing about it. Know, gonna, is this the is this the moment where we should put the disclaimer? Boomer rant, bang. Yeah, is old, this, is this old, old man, old man rant. <laughs> um, no, but it was more that I, I thought if I have all these different genres, then someone might go, I don't like jangle pop, but I like trip hop. And so I'll listen to that track and, oh, I don't like trip hop, but I love Swamp Boogie. Oh, great. Here's a track. So it was kind of a, look, it doesn't matter what kind of, you know, if you like guitar music, yeah. there's a song on here that hopefully should, um, you know, resonate with you. Um, and so that was the idea of all of the different genres. Plus, you know, I, I don't like just writing I can sit down and just write jangle pop songs, you know, each and every day. But I think songs tell you what they want to sound like. Um, and so I like, you know, exploring different genres just to see, you know, how, how well the song can come out. Mm. 
Nice. Well, I say let's not waste any more time on the chit-chat and let's play it. All right. Here it is, folks. It is Just Think of You right off the new English Rain album, Echoes of You. We'll be back soon.
yeah, rock and roll, baby. That was a little stomper of a song. That was Just Think of You by The English Rain. And I've got Steve from that very band, as you know, with me right now, chatting all things, all things album and otherwise. Steve, love me another. another. <laughs> we can turn it into a segment just for this episode. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I hope you get more. We don't get enough old man rants on this show. We need more. We need more of that. <laughs> no worries. I can help you out there. <laughs> I was going to say. So you you mentioned obviously you're the one that does end up coming to the table with most of the songs, but you, you mentioned mm. there's a lot, a lot of guest guest vocalists on the album. I was going to say what? Are there any songs that you actually sing on, <laughs> or is it all guests? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, there is. Um, I do sing on the um, the trip hop song um, before mm. the dark, um, oh, yes. and that's that's a pretty personal song for me because of yep. you know the the connection to my cousin. Um, and I was going to get someone else to sing it, but you know when we were in the studio, we thought, oh, we'll just leave it as it is. Um, but Neil and I had always we'd been big fans of Massive Attack and and that whole idea of the collective, you know, bringing in you know, different vocalists and, and things like that, um, to, you know, to kind of change and keep the sound fresh. And um, so that, you know, that's why we, you know, brought in the different vocalists. But it's kind of even morphed beyond that because um, the person who's responsible for all of our videos and the cover and the logo, Carolyn, um, she's been as much a part of this record as anyone who's played music on it. And, and it kind of made me think of that, um, you know, with the gorillas where, You've got Jamie Hewlett, who's predominantly just responsible for the artwork, um, you know, is as much as part of the gorillas as, you know, Damon Alburn, who's, you know, producing most of the music. Um, so, you know, it, it took really seven people to, to put this record together, um, both visually and, and from an audio point of view. And I, and I think that that's kind of a nice, um, nice thing to have all of that creative energy going into the mix. So do you find then that visuals, are really important as far as what the message is that you're trying to get across, just as much as the music. Yeah, like the like the album cover, um, like the person on the album cover, and again, this is a, a kind of another cool story. The lady on the cover is is one of my ex partners. She actually co wrote "Baby Please" with me, um, and. I was yeah. going to say how much. Uh, how what did, I was going to say how much did she who who owed who what in that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny. I was actually the, the day I was writing that we were going out for breakfast, and she was getting ready, and I was mm. I was plunking around on the guitar, and I started writing it, and she kind of was throwing these lines at me, um, and that's how it ended up being co-written. You know that she was, you know, we were back and forthing to each other. Um, so with that cover, what we wanted to try and achieve, you know, echoes of you. It's like. You know, after a relationship, you still remember people, you know, being in your house or the place that you lived in or when you go out somewhere and you think, oh, you know, I remember coming here with, you know, blah person. And so the idea of that was not only, you know, the people in relationships that are these echoes that, you know, you have or memories, but all of the, like the pop memorabilia on there is all of the things that influenced me as I've, you know, kind of grown up musically you know, from, you know, from the Beatles, you know, Paul Weller, um, the Monkees, you know, there's Oasis in there. You know, it's one of those things, if, if, if it was an, a vinyl size, you could spend all day trying to pick the different things in the picture. Um, so, I was going to say, is there plans to 
press it on vinyl? We'd love to. Um, you know, we did CDs. Um, the problem for us is, you know, because this is our debut album, we don't have that fan base to be able to, you know, make that commitment from a vinyl financially, um, you know, point of view uh, to go, look, because the minimum I think you've got to get is 100. Um, it's it's quite dear when, you, you know, we've had about 15 or 20 people say, look, I'd love this on vinyl, but, you know, you can do that, I guess, if you've got CD. And, we, you know, we sold, we pretty much sold out of our CD run. Um, but financially, it's a lot to invest. Um, and because we don't play live, we don't have those avenues really to sell the product. Um, but yeah, like vinyl size, it'd be fantastic. Um, because it's, yeah, I think that picture is just a really, a really good cover photo. Um, and, and, you know, even just the videos, the logo again, you know, it's a, it's a tip of our hat to, you know, kind of where we came from. Um, you know, even the She's a Rainbow video. Uh, again, that's the cover girl from the record, Tammy. So she, you know, she's been really involved throughout the process from a visual point of view. And all of our singles and album, you know, the logo and the fonts are all the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. So it really kind of keeps a, a consistency, um, throughout. So I think, yeah, creatively, you know, different things appeal to different people. And, and, you know, uh, you know, we get so much great feedback about the covers and, you know, on the singles and the album, it's been fantastic. And same as the videos, and that's a testament to, to Carolyn. You know, if, if I was in charge of covers for, for the singles, they'd be stick figures drawn, you know, on a piece of paper. <laughs> it's, it's quite visually as exciting, obviously. Yes. Well, speaking <laughs> of um, Gorilla and because of whatever guitars from Muse, like they're one of their covers is just stick figures, isn't it? It looks like it was drawn on, scribbled on a bit of paper. Is that is that? Yeah, but it's, one Jay- of- it's, J- it's Jamie Hewlett that drew it, so he's okay. He's allowed to draw stick figures. You know, he's got the cred behind him. I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, so that's all it is. It's all street cred. That's that's what we're it's looking at. It's all street cred, and, and you know, I can't even say that my stick figures would look that good. And that's you know, that that's a bit sad, really, isn't it? Ah. Uh. Chuck it, chuck a frame up, put it up in a modern art museum, sell for a million <laughs> and a half. Grand for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some tax write off for some billionaire somewhere, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I want to say with the with the recording process too. I wanted to touch on that because mm. so you obviously recorded it all together in Brisbane, yes. Yeah. So our our process and and one of the great things this has allowed us to do this a lot probably cheaper is that. Both Neil and I have um, the program Logic. We record mm. as much as we humanly can um, before we go into the studio. Um, so then we just take the stems in of what we've recorded to Jason, the producer, um, and he'll go, that's good, that's not, or whatever. So stuff like acoustic guitars always has to be recorded in the studio. We just can't get a good sound you know, outside of the studio, same as the vocals. Um, and then there was even things in the studio where we'd go, yeah, look, I like what we're doing on guitar, but let's, let's just try it through a different amp and things like that. But I, I would think 80% of the record was, you know, recorded prior to going into the, um, into the studio. Um, and Jason, you know, he's so responsible for the sound of this record. It's amazing. You know, his ideas, the way he pushed us all, um, and, you know, just his creative, um, part of the process just helped us to achieve the record that, you know, we really wanted to achieve. He, he's, I, I can't recommend him highly enough. Was he, uh, did, was there a lot of intervention on his part in terms of him providing that, that third point of opinion in terms of, oh, this should be added here or maybe let's let's leave it there. Was there a lot of that going on as well? 
Ah, uh, yeah, he sort of does it in a subtle way where he'd go, why don't we try something else? <laughs> you know, which was Swahili for saying, that was terrible, let's do something mm. better. Yes, um, very Machiavellian. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, yeah. So, uh, But um, did you find that really helped in hindsight in terms of really um, fine-tuning the sound? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's, there's certainly, like, some organ on the record that, um, we just didn't even think of, you know, or things like um, there's a tambourine on, on one of the tracks and you go, I can't believe we didn't think to have the tambourine on there before. And it really it really enhances it. Um, you know, he did a lot of the solos on there and, and Neil did about half as well. So, but, you know, Jason's a really fine guitar lead player that, you know, really took some of the songs, like the, the title track Echoes of You, which is quite rocky. Um, that solo kind of took that, that song to a, a new level. But, yeah, he was never, at the end of the day, he knew kind of what we wanted to do. Um, and I think that everyone was on the same page and really everyone just kind of wanted to do the best version of the song we could. So there was no ego in the sense that we were like, no, nope, this is exactly what I want and it's going to be like that. It was very collaborative um amongst everyone um that was involved and and that helped um you know if if you've only got like a one person vision um it it can be sometimes very tunnel wise so as long as you know you're kind of open to a few things um i think that's where you get the the better songs i was gonna ask because um you mentioned off air that obviously I know you, you you two as a duo have been been together for quite a while, but obviously a lot of the stuff mm. you have played is covers, and you've been involved in a lot of cover bands over the years. Mm. Do you find that there is an advantage to having that experience as well when you're coming out and writing your own songs that you perhaps wouldn't be able to bring to the table if you were only doing singer songwriter stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like if you play covers and, and, you know, again, you know, when you play in covers bands, um, you tend to have to play songs that are popular and catchy and singles and things like that. So you kind of get to understand how those songs are built, you know, songwriting is a craft, you know, someone has to sit down and, and, you know, build it up bit by bit. Um, you know, like the old John and Paul idea of, you know, sitting across each other with, with two guitars. Mm-hmm. So when you're playing those covers, you kind of get a real sense of, you know, well, this is what they did here and this, this is the chord progressions that they used to achieve this. Um, and there's a, there's a great story that I remember reading um, about from Andy Partridge from XTC who said, when he goes to write a record, um, before he does, he goes off and listens to the Beatles and Burt Bacharach and, um, you know, all, all Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Artists. Burt Bacharach. Yeah, you know. And, you <laughs> so know, I just writes, had to, you know. No, nobody mentions Burt, unless you, and that's the thing. I, I feel I'm so thankful for Mike Myers uh, for, for doing that, for giving us that, that classic line. So I just have to, I have to interact, inter, interject there. I'm yeah, sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. Look, Bacharach's just, you know, the man could write a, 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 a such a catchy melody. Um, and that's what Partridge is sort of saying. You know, he kind of immerses himself in these masters of the craft and then, you know, goes and, you know, tries to do, you know, cross to rake his own stuff. And I do the same, you know, like I'll, I'll listen to, you know, things that I, I like and, you know, not to the point of Noel Gallagher where he'll, he'll just basically, you know, rewrite the same song. 
But, you know, I think all of those songs you can kind of go, I like what they did there. How, how, can, I, how can I improve on that or what can I do mm. to sort of achieve something similar? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, you know, having a good understanding of pop music, whether it be playing in covers bands or listening to lots of music, I think actually helps songwriters because, you know, you're learning all of these tricks and techniques and, and uh, to a point where you go, well, I know what, you know, what works and what doesn't. And, and you know, you, you give it your best shot at trying to emulate it in your own way. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's certainly fair. Is there, um, I was going to say, if going on sort of, you, you mentioned picking up tips and tricks over the years. If you were to go back to yourself, you know, now that you've had decades of experience doing this, um, what would have you said to yourself if you had the time machine and went back to yourself when you were just starting out? I don't know what age it was when you started out, but if you could tell yourself one thing, what would it be? I'd probably try and find the biggest selling single of all time and just tell myself the chords and the words and then go and record it 20 years before someone else did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was yeah. a – okay, you probably heard of it because it was that really – and apparently it was a terrible film just as a, a thing. It was just it was just fan lip service. It was what, yesterday the, the, where the guy oh, yeah, yeah, transports yeah, the to the world where there's like the Beatles didn't exist and the premise yeah. – like the premise could have been a lot of fun here, but apparently the film was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the idea, yeah, it was a cool idea. Um, I, I, I must admit, but no, I don't know if there's just one um, one thing. I, I think you know that the message is always you know keep going at it, and yeah. and you know I, I often hear that you know never give up on your dreams and all of that, and I always think, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but you know the reality. So this, is are you saying not- okay? Let's let's be let's get pessim- let's get pessimistic for just five seconds. Are you saying there yeah, is exactly. a point you have to give up? <laughs> Well, well, I, actually, I'm probably the other end of the spectrum because I'm not 23. I've just figured, oh, look, I, I probably should put a record out before I die. Um, you know, otherwise I'm going to miss the opportunity. Yeah. I, I, uh, okay. So, know, so no, no reincarnation then on your part. So no, no, no. I've just, I've just got to pump out five records really in quick succession <laughs> before um, you know something happens to me. I think that's the key. Fair enough. <laughs> um. No, that's 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 cool, and I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 always interesting to get a different perspective because obviously a lot of the as you, as our listeners know, a lot of people that we interview are very much at the other end of the spectrum. They're just starting out with their careers, and yeah, in this case, this is the first album of originals, but you've had that decades long of experience to really build on it. So you definitely bring, and it's still a very youthful perspective. I'll get at that. Like you, you don't think of age when you listen to the album, and I don't, I don't, don't try and put that at the forefront when I'm listening. But you don't get the idea that. Um, that you can tell there's a lot of experience and a lot of background there, but you don't think of age when you listen to the album. So is that something that you consciously think of as someone that is, you know, yeah. been in the game for uh, a while? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's one of the reasons why Neil and I don't appear on the front cover and there's a you know fantastic-looking lady on there instead, you know. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I think... You know what sells. The, I absolutely know what sells. <laughs> I think in the world of, and, and you know, I, I'm inverting commas, the pop world here... Um, they're a lot more un, they, they, they're probably a lot more judgmental. Um, you know, in the world of country or, or that sort of side of things, you know, uh, you know, you can be 65, 450 pounds, put out a great record and, and the country people just accept it. If it's a great song, it's a great song. Um, but you know, the pop world, I think is a lot more visually, um, driven as well. 
So, you know, Neil and I, you know, we've both got heads like drop pies. You don't want us sitting on the front cover of a record and people judging that. Um, hey, so look, you, you know, a, a drop pie still tastes great. So, you know. Well, it depends on what you drop it on. Ah, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> just so, like, you know, it, don't touch the floor it, it, bit. Scrape the yeah, bit yeah, off. Yeah. It's still good. But we just we just thought, you know, look, we we wanted we wanted people just to kind of listen to the songs and and judge them on on the songs, not on you know whether we were you know um, men's health models or you know <laughs> um, uh, an ad for uh, retirement village. You know, it, it's. It, it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't. And, you know, I, I listen to songs that you know now are forty or fifty years old, and they're still great songs. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I think that the, certainly areas like the country and the roots and those sort of genres are, are so much more accepting of of the visual aspects, whereas. I think pop and the mainstream really needs you to look um, young and and good, um, and we and we don't. <laughs> do Do you think that's changed at all in the last couple of decades? Like, has country always been, in your experience, that that accepting and pop that let's say vapid, for want of a better word? <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, well, look, you know, country still has that aspect of it where there's there's a lot of people who look fantastic, you know, like mm. a lot of um, stunning uh, both men and women. Um, but, you know, they've always had that, um, you know, that under, uh, that, that's kind of group underneath who, who just don't look as great. You know, they're great players, they're great singers, they're great songwriters. You know, no one could, you know, um, you know, make the argument that Willie Nelson's a good sort. Um, so oh, no, you know, smoke, he, smoke enough of his special special brew. I'm sure, sure that would well, change. Well, if you smoked enough of it, then you probably could. But um, you know, like <laughs> I, I think you know, it certainly helps. And you know, would I like to have made this record when I was 23? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> that wouldn't that wouldn't have helped in the looks department because you know that I wasn't any better looking then either. But um, you know, I, yeah, I'd, it'd be great if you know I was a great looking guy at 23 putting a record out because it probably would help a little you still got to have the songs obviously um but i would be far less worried about appearing in press photos and and you know on the record um whereas now i just think well you know it it, it probably doesn't do us any great favors mm. being on mm. there you know people can go to the website and see pictures of neil and i if you if you're that hard up that you, you really want to see what we look like um but you know does it does it change the the song it doesn't you know because some of these songs or in fact a lot of these songs were written at times when I was 23 or I was 16 mm. or I was 30, you know. So, um, you know, they, they are written by a person of that age. They're just being performed by a person who's a bit older now. I want to chat. I want to just touch briefly on um, on what's coming next because you did mention that, mm. oh, I'm, you know, you're already in the process of starting album number two. So, mm. is the intention to sort of – have things switched up a bit compared to this current release for what happens next? Yeah, um, look, there, there'll certainly be more of the same. Um, there's a couple of things that we want to try a little bit differently. Um, certainly with with this record, like Neil and I had a pretty good idea going in what we wanted and then, you know, other people kind of brought their collaborative thing after that fact. This time we want to try and get all of the people who played on this record in a room from kind of the demo sort of stage and have them start mm. thinking about it. Because, um, again, I think more input is, you know, is beneficial. So 
and, and you know, on top of that, there's you know, so at the moment we're looking at tracking a new record. There's um, yep. a, a lady that I'm looking at at the moment, and we we we, we look like we're going to try and do an EP of trip hop. Um, and I've got another friend who wants to do, do some kind of Gary Newman esque electronica. So there's you know kind of three things that I'm kind of working on it, you know, all sort of at the same time. Um, and you know, some of those will probably bleed into the record. You know, like the next record would have definitely had a trip hop rap song on it because I've got about eight or ten of them. But you know, now that this lady um, who's in a you know is already in a band who does trip hop, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll probably move some of those songs to that project, which will free up you know space on on the on the second English Rain record to try some other. Other things. I, I think that there'll be maybe a few more Americanary sort of tracks on there, and I guess it depends, you know, what I'm writing at the time as well. You know, like everywhere I go from the current record was written in March with Cassie. Um, mm. that, you know, so that 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 song wasn't even in. Well, we hadn't even thought about putting it on the record because it didn't exist. So you know, things change as as it's going along, but. Um, the first couple of songs, you know, I know straight away, you know, we've got a jangle pop song. There's a song that's very Americana. There's another one that's very um, jam, you know, early Paul Weller jam um, on there. There's, you know, there's also some kind of style council sort of sophisty pop. Um, so, again, it'll be all different genres. Yep. Um, probably won't be another Swamp Girl. I think that's a one-off. <laughs> Uh, uh, but you know there'll there'll, there'll be a, probably a heavier song on there. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got an industrial song that you know I'd like to work on as well. Um, but you know because because we don't play live as well, it's a bit easier for us to kind of put out a record with twelve completely different songs on. Um, you know when I think when you play live, sometimes there's an expectation that you're you're in a certain genre. And, and you know you can kind of move you know slightly outside of that genre, but mm. you know you can't be you can't be ACDC and then get up and play a you know a country ballad. Can't yeah, of it. course, of um, course. Um, whereas we don't have those limitations. Mm. I was gonna um, before we do play the before we do go to the break. I just want to mention, of course, um, if you can tell us where all your socials are and where we can obviously yep. listen to the album. Yep. So we we stream um, on all of the major streaming sites. Um, so you know. You know the obvious, yeah. Ones like Spotify, Spotify iTunes, Apple. all that jazz. But we're on SoundCloud. You know, if you if you yep. don't have the um a, the subscription, um, we've got our own web page, which is theenglishrain.net. Uh, we're on Facebook. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram, but I I can never remember the um <laughs> the addresses for those. But um, if you search for the English Rain, it's usually it up, comes it up, comes up, or or a well, there is a there is a five piece Beatles tribute band in America that sometimes comes up. So we're not them. Um, so yeah, don't don't go to those. Double ones. check for the logo. I'm guessing the logo is what you look for. Double check for the logo. It's over everything. Yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. So yeah, go and check it out. Obviously, I'm assuming all the socials are linked to the website. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, go and give it a spin, guys, when you get a chance, and check out. I guess um, keep an eye out on the socials to see what the guys are up to in the future months as well. So, Steve, thank you so much for uh, joining me this afternoon. It's been been good fun. It's been my pleasure. It's always good to get on and have an angry old man rant. Um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully people will dig the record. And you know, and um, you know, the next song you're going to play, "My Town," is a um, is one of my favourite tracks on the record. Yeah, um, tell us. Go. Ahead. I was going to say that was going to be my segue. Um, tell us a bit about it because we are going to play "My Town" next. 
Yeah, it's a um, when I worked for um, EMI Music um, in the 2000s, I was lucky enough to work with the Go Betweens, and so we got to know mm. Grant and Robert and Adele and, and and all the guys. And when Grant passed, you know, it was it was an absolute tragedy. And the next day, I literally picked up the guitar. Well, that day, you know, I got off the phone to, to someone who told me that it had happened, and I wrote this song straight away, which was a real tribute. Well, I want it to be a tribute to to Grant, the city of Brisbane, and. And all of those sort of things, and um, you know, probably the thing I was most chuffed about was our um, our paper up here, the Courier Mail, said that it was a uh, streets of your town for the new millennium, which is about as high a praise as I could ever hope for. And um, you know, it's just a good, fun song for anyone, for any town or any city that you live yeah. in. Nice. Um, you know, it's just a nice, nice song, sing along track. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's do it. Um- here it is. Uh, do you want to give us the? Do you want to take us out on the song? You're, gonna, you're about to listen to the English Rain's first single off of their debut album, Echoes of You, and it's called My Town. Thanks so much, Steve.
Australian Musicians Radio dot com.